we're glad you've chosen to listen to our weekly talkback. The weekly talkback is designed to take a portion of the teaching from this week to a deeper level. You may want to listen to this week's teaching, but it isn't necessary to understand the weekly talkback. If you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out to us through our website, kanoichurch.org. For now, enjoy the weekly talkback from Kanoi Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is going to be the same intro for all of the upcoming weekly devotional videos. Uh, in January of 2022, we did a question and answer Sunday, and you guys submitted so many questions, there was no way that I could possibly answer them all in a Sunday service. So what we decided to do instead was answer as many as I could in that Sunday service and take the rest and make them weekly devotionals. So what you are about to see is a question submitted by members of the congregation Four question and answer Sunday, but we're going to be answering these over an extended period of time. So I hope that you enjoy this weekly devotional. I hope that you are having a fantastic day. And if you have any questions about Kanoi Brethren in Christ Church, if you want to get involved in some way, shape, or form, feel free to check out our website, kanoichurch.org, or email me at nick at kanoi.org. Have a great day. Well, good morning. Uh, we are going to continue on our answering questions that were submitted for Q&A Sunday that we didn't get to in Sunday service because so many questions were submitted. I'm pleased to say that uh, this this particular question, we're just going to scratch the surface on because we have a week of our Simple Church series coming up where we're going to take some time to talk about uh, tithing and, um, well, we're talking about stewardship. And part of stewardship is our money, our finances, and also part of it's our gifts. And we're going to take some time to, to talk about both of those. So today, the question that was asked is, what is the importance of the tithe concerning the church? So I'm going to scratch the surface, try to not give too much away so that you're just getting some repeat information in the upcoming lesson. I believe that's for February 20th on tithing. Uh, but at, at the same time, I'm going to try and answer the question. So what's the importance of tithe concerning the church? Well, tithe is a word. It means very simply one-tenth, all right? So in, if you ever hear somebody talking about tithe, um, tithe, yes, it does mean like what we give to the church, but literally the word tithe simply means a tenth. We see Abraham giving the priest Melchizedek a tenth of, of everything after returning from rescuing Lot and defeating four armies. Uh, Melchizedek attributes Abraham's victory, or Abram's at the time, to God. And Abram gives the tithe out of gratitude. He doesn't give the tithe because he was told to. In fact, if you look in the story in Genesis 14, you won't find anything, any instruction from Melchizedek, who was a king, but also a priest. Um, there's no instruction from God there to give a tenth to him, nothing. Abraham simply gives it out of gratitude. Now, years later, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, has a dream from God, and he responds by building an altar and vowing that if his needs were met, then he would give God a tenth of his belongings. That story's in Genesis 28. And, um, and, and so we see the tithe continue on just even generations after Abram really shows us that this thing is a thing. Now, I wouldn't suggest that you make deals with God where you say, if you do this, then I'll do this. 
I don't think that's a healthy relationship with God. But that is the way some people work, and certainly that's the way that Jacob was working in his relationship with God at that time. The, the you know the the further we get in our relationship, the more we mature. We don't make deals like that, right? So Jacob hopefully got to a point where he matured enough not to be making deals with God in that same way. My suggestion to you is don't make deals with God that way. We are not supposed to test the Lord our God. However, the point is in Genesis 28, many chapters after the story in Genesis 14, we see Abram's or Abraham's grandson also giving a tithe. Now, when God gave his people the Levitical law, we also see a command to tithe. Uh, the scripture says this, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And now, what we see here is not a command to tithe finances. It's a command to tithe what you have been given. See, these gifts are a reminder that everything came from God and was given back to God to thank God for his blessing. You can find that written down in Leviticus 27. Um, so, so again, this isn't a command for you to be giving a tenth of your finances. It's a tenth of everything God has blessed you with, and you want to now bless him back, which is why finances are a part of the modern day tithe, because we do believe and we attribute our financial um, care and, and success to being something that comes directly from God. We also tithe our gifts back to God. We tithe our stuff back to God, perhaps um. Perhaps one of the ways you can think about it is giving a ride to somebody to church. That's you, in some ways, tithing back the blessing of your vehicle. Um, when you choose to serve on a committee at church or when you go and shovel somebody's driveway um, that gets got snow on it and they can't shovel it themselves, you're giving a tithe of your gifts, of your ableness back to God. You know, And so there's all sorts of ways that we give back to God, but you can see here in Leviticus 27, when it's, when it's commanded, it's it's a command regarding the way that you've been blessed. You've been blessed by God, so now we give back to God. By the time we get to the book of Numbers, we begin to see a transition there. The Levites, at this point, had served as the ministers of God's people. And in Numbers, we see that uh, God establishes that Israel, his people, would tithe to the Levite priests in return for the service as ministers for God's people. That's in Numbers 18, verse 21. And if we read a little further, we also see a command from God to the Levites to tithe to God out of the tithe they receive. So, what's this mean? The Levites served as priests to God's people. God's people are to tithe a percentage of their, or a tenth, of their finances to the Levites so the Levites can be cared for because of the ministry they're doing. And then God commands the Levites, the priests, to also tithe a tenth from what they were given back to God. So whatever they're given in return for their service as ministers, they're also to tithe back to God. Now in Deuteronomy 14, we see a special tithe done every three years to take care of the orphan, the widow, and the stranger. And that tithe is special just for that. So that's kind of a, a backstory there. It's And actually, it's Nehemiah in Nehemiah 10 who actually reestablishes the tithe, and this is post-captivity. So I think we've done some activities at church before on a Sunday morning where we've tried to show the history of God's people. There comes a time when God's people go through an exile to Babylon. This is post-exile. This is when the exile is done, when they return Nehemiah reestablishes the tithe. Um, he 
uses the term first fruits to describe the tithe. Nehemiah gives us the idea that even before we look at our blessings uh, as our blessings, we truly see it as God blessing us and we give him the first 10% of our blessing, not the last 10%. It's the first thing we do with what we've been given. And so one of the ways to think about that too in, in modern days is when you consider tithing or giving out of, say, your finances, all right, this is, a, this is an easy one to make a financial one. Um, if you say, oh, I'm going to give my tithe after I do everything else that I want to with my finances, it's totally possible that you um, overspend on other things and then you get to the end and there isn't anything to tithe or there's only a little bit to tithe. It's also true in gifts as well. Like you, you go around and you do everything for everybody else or everything that you have to. And by the time you get to where you're, you're trying to volunteer uh, at church or you're trying to do something that is you giving your gifts to God to tithe to him, you're too exhausted and can't do it. Nehemiah is the one that establishes this idea of first fruits. Before you do anything else, that we take the, the, the top 10% and we use that to tithe to God. Now, by the time Jesus is teaching and calling the disciples, God's people have fallen into seeing the trees, but missing the forest. Um, that is, they continue to focus on like the minutia of the law and they miss the point of God's call on them. So in Matthew chapter six, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us not to give. Did you hear that? He doesn't say, oh, remember that thing that Nehemiah reinstated? Remember that old Levitical law? Uh, Jesus doesn't say, oh, you heard it said this, now I say this. No, no. He didn't correct it. He didn't undo it. He didn't say don't give. He says, when you give, get your heart right. All right? Like Abraham, or when, we, when he was Abram, when Abram gave his initial tithe to Melchizedek, he gave it out of thanks and generosity. That is the way that Jesus wants us to give as well, out of thanks and generosity, not because we want to be seen, not because we want the accolades, not because we want people to pat us on the back or to thank us or to be held in high esteem for what we can give or how much we can give or the way we can give. We do it because our heart's right. We do it in secret. We do it without anybody knowing that we're doing it because it doesn't matter if people see what we give or how much we give or the way we give. What matters is our Father in heaven sees everything and he will reward you for your generosity and for your right heart. Now, Jesus is going to go on teaching in three or four other places not to stop giving, but to give with the right heart. Okay, And so this is the big thing that Jesus commands when it comes to giving to tithing is to give with the right heart. He goes on to praise the widow who gave everything out of her poverty and puts her faith in God for her provision. He'll go on to scold the Pharisees who tithe but don't love other people as though their tithe is really all they need. And so that's a good lesson for us to remember that just because you tithe, and let's say that you tithe your 10% and you've done it your whole life and you feel really good about checking that box every single week, um, if your heart's not in the right place, if you um, are 
not loving the people around you, your tithe doesn't mean anything. Uh, and that's, that might sound a little harsh, but I don't think I can be more honest with you. The thing that matters to Jesus is getting your heart right. He'll go on to tell a story about a Pharisee who holds his giving and tithing up like a badge of honor that makes him better than a tax collector. And, and instead, Jesus goes on to praise the humble tax collector who simply asks for God's mercy. Jesus doesn't want us to be giving because it's a box we check or because we think all we have to do is check a box. No, no. What matters is the way that we live. It matters how we treat people. It matters that we love people. It matters that we love God and love others. And if we can't do that, our tithe doesn't mean anything. So when we ask, you know, what is the importance of the tithe? I think we're asking, why is it important to tithe? And, and I hope that that history really kind of helps you get an idea of, of where the tithe has come from and why we do it. The other question we're probably asking, though, is why is it important to give generously to the church community that you're a part of right now? And, here, and here's, here's the honest truth. In our modern church, the tithe is what pays the church bills, electric, heat, maintenance. It pays for the staff. The tithe covers the ministry done within the walls and outside the walls. The tithe covers missionary work in other countries. The tithe helps to pay for new churches to be started here at home. The tithe helps to provide a roof for the homeless, food for those in need, and clothes for those who don't have any. The church does not get money from any other place other than the tithe. So anything that the church pays for, that comes from the tithe. That's why it becomes important to continue tithing to the church that you're a part of today. Now, I think that there's one other thing I'll say with that, and that is this. It does require a certain level of trust. And if you don't feel like you can trust the church that you're a part of, then it makes sense that you don't feel comfortable tithing. But I think that becomes a bigger issue. If you can't trust the church that you're a part of to tithe, you have a bigger problem than whether you tithe or don't tithe, whether you're being generous or whether you're not being generous, whether your heart's in the right place or your heart isn't in the right place. If you can't trust your church, then I think you need to go talk to whoever the leader is or the leaders are at that church. If you feel like your church is trustworthy, if they're good stewards, if they make good decisions with money, then you should tithe to your church. Now, that doesn't mean that you should tithe only to your church. So if, if I'm supposed to give 10% of my finances, um, and, and that's something that Chris and I have committed to doing, uh, our tithe does not go wholly to the church. We also have, uh, we give to several other nonprofits. Kembrook is one of them that that you guys would be familiar with if you're watching this video. Um, we have several compassion children that we sponsor every single month. I mean, there's a number of places where we to try to, to give generously and give in a way that, um, that God has commanded us to do. Uh, and so a portion of our tithe goes to the church. And so I want you to know that perhaps you don't feel like, ah, Nick, I don't have the time or the energy or the mental space to go and, and try and find all these various places to give. That's okay. No one is saying that you have to. Because of the way our life has been led over the last decade, we have been connected with so many different places and ministries and people that we've chosen to give and sponsor in these different places. Um, you might say, I would rather just give to the church and trust the church with it. By all means, do that. Tithe is an important part of the church. If we didn't tithe, if there was no giving, the church would, the church, and in, in, in as we know it, would have to change dramatically um, because we wouldn't be able to have staff. We wouldn't be able to have even maybe afford the building in which we meet. 
Um, that doesn't mean that churches can't operate without a tithe. It means that everything happens with volunteers, and it means that you um, you have to find a place free of rent where you can meet. And there are churches that do that. We have house churches. Uh, Chris and I used to lead a house church where people gave, but none of the, the money that they gave was used for, for overhead in any way, shape, or form. It was all used to, to do different um, ministry endeavors in the community that we are a part of. So tithe is an important part of church, but I need you to understand that um, tithing can look very different depending on the church you're a part of. It can look very different depending on your own life and your own finances. If you are a person who's never tithed and you are looking to get started tithing and you need to talk to somebody, I welcome you to come talk to me. I'm happy to try and help you understand the tithe better. But hopefully this scratches the surface a little bit and kind of prepares the way for when we spend some more time talking about being good stewards of our finances and of our gifts coming up on February 20th. Hey guys, have a wonderful day today. And if you have any questions, throw them in the comments below. Hi, this is Pastor Nick. Thanks for listening. I hope something that you heard today was very helpful. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, kanoichurch.org. Sure, I'm glad we're in this together.